This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, and welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Joy Steele. We all have mental health, just as we all have physical health. So our topic today is youth mental health and specifically the role that parents can play in promoting good mental health in their children. Parents have a special role to play in helping their children develop good mental health habits. There's a lot they can do as they are also often the first to notice if a child is having problems with his or her emotions. So my guest today will tell us more about the things parents can do to make sure their children are mentally healthy. She is Miss Andrea Chan, the Assistant Director of Touch Mental Wellness. Hi Andrea, thanks for coming on Health Check. We all know there is a stigma associated with mental health and that can prevent young people from seeking help. Can you start by sharing a recent case of a young person who has experienced the stigma associated with mental health and yet managed to get the help that he or she needs? Maybe I'll share you a very sad case of my choice. I had a call recently and this girl uh, wants to jump off a bridge. So she called me and she said that um, that's what she intends to do and I had to de-escalate her emotions. I had to do um, basically kick in our emergency SOPs. And I asked her for her next of kin and I asked her where she was at and she didn't want to give me the name of the next of kin um, because she stays with her father and she doesn't want her father to know. And I and she says that her father will kill her. So before she could even harm herself, if the dad knows that she wants to harm herself, the father will have killed her. So that's what she said. And I thought, wow, that's pretty extreme, a statement from a girl. And I asked, what gives you that idea? She said, um, my sister was diagnosed with depression just before me. And she got kicked out of the house. So she has not seen the sister for months. And she doesn't know how the sister is coping, how the sister is doing. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, a person like that, they need your help. And that's the last thing the father should do, I think. Yeah. And I think we can't, as parents, we can't underestimate our importance and our power of influence to our children, even if they are no longer children. As youths, they still need their parents very, very much. And I think as parents, we cannot underestimate that. So parents, I think if parents play a role of being open, of being um, embracing, and they know, and the youths know that regardless of my mental health condition, my parents would still love me, my parents would still accept me, my parents would still be proud of me, I think they will be more willing to come out to say that, you know, I need help. So that's one. The other one, knowing youths and how close they are with friends and the importance of friends in the life of the youths, actually friends do play a major role in encouraging um, their peers to come get help. Right, Andrew. So what happened to the case that you mentioned earlier? So we did not get the contact of the dad and I do not want to agitate her further, but we managed to get a trusted adult of hers. So we basically asked her to... Um, give me a contact of someone who she trusts and she knows would be willing to help her in situations like this. Um, we did that. We contacted the person. We contacted um, We contacted that person. That person is her neighbour, her close neighbour, um, who she knows the whole family. So um, it's a friend, but the friend's mum, who she's quite familiar with, also came. So um, they went down to the hospital together and we took the case from the hospital then. Is yes. there anything that can be done to, you know, maybe reach out to her father? Yeah, so I think there has to be a lot of education done over in touch. We believe in um, promoting family well-being, so advancing family relationships as well. 
So in our intervention model, we do encourage a lot of the parent-child um, interaction and how can parents support in the recovery of the child. And this is especially important when it comes to relapse prevention. So after we have done a lot of the therapy work and they are in a stable state and they are discharged from our care, who do they go back to? They go back to their parents. And parents, it's um, actually very important integral in creating that environment that ensures and encourage recovery for that use. So, so for us, that is very important. Um, we do that as well. But in this particular case, uh, the father was not open and the girl was not open to have the father involved. So we do respect the girl's choice and we work with um, uh, her aunt instead. So later on, she introduced her aunt to us and the aunt is working with her. So at least we know that there was someone to keep an eye on her while we are still in the picture. Right, that's great. Because if you brush off these challenges, you're just telling the young person that the stress that they're not they're facing is not important. Right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, from reports and stories, you know, we, we just hear that a lot of um, young people actually don't tell their parents about their mental health issues. So, you know, what advice would you give to parents then? Mm. And Joyce, with regards to this, I would like to bring us back to the RBHS um, case. Sure, that's a recent River Valley High School case, right? Mm. After that has happened, there is a huge call for MOE to do something, to do this, to do that. And, and there was just a huge call uh, to train the teachers to do this. And I feel that, yeah, we could do more as a, as a system, but as parents, as family, right, we are number one in our children's life and we should take that number one responsibility with regards to that. So let me elaborate on that, right? I think there are many teachable moments that we could have encouraged our children for better mental health um, coping strategies to help them better their mental health. And that happens in the home. So in the home, if the parents are very highly strung and they are very stressed and they do not show healthy coping mechanisms, our children role model from us. What can teachers do? They can do the theory part. And that's what they are trained in, right? They teach. But at home, what happens is we are role modeling for our children and we are bringing that textbook knowledge to life. So it's very important for us to ensure mental wellness in the family. Parents play a lead role in ensuring mental well-being in the family. Right? And they are the number one in their children's life in terms of role modeling because you they spend the most time with you. So for them to learn good coping strategies, for them to learn that they can talk about mental health issues or some of the mental health challenges that they face, it begins at home. So if there is a lot of stigma at home, right, and you say like you are so weak um, for even exhibiting signs of stress, then the child will get that idea that I can't talk about stress, I can't talk about my mental health challenges because, yeah, I'm going to exhibit signs of being weak. So that is not healthy for the child. So Andrea, what role can parents play in, you know, to support the mental health of their children? Mm. Yeah, Joyce, this is something that is really on my heart because I feel that as parents, we need to rise up to say that, you know, I want to take charge of my child's mental well-being. I do not want to rely on teachers to teach. I do not want to rely on the internet to give information. I want my child to be able to be comfortable to share with me their mental health challenges. I want my child to be able to say that they have 
uh, mental health challenges. And, and so number one, if you want to support your child in this journey, you have to rise up and say that you want to do it and you are going to take charge in promoting mental well-being in your household. So that's something, number one. The other thing that you can do, it's really to have open space to share about your own challenges as well. I think sometimes um, our children know that we are stressed, our youths know that we are stressed, but we don't talk about it, right? We vent it out on uh, different things, but and mm-hmm. our children, our youths are watching them. So what do we need to do? We need to come out to say that, hey, you know, I also do have some of these challenges. Circuit Breaker was very, very stressful for me, right? We have, um, I have clients that I need to meet who are going to transit to online counselling. I have my house with my children being so noisy with HBL and I just had a baby. So there was a lot of stress going on. Um, but if I'm able to come up to my children and come up to my youths and say that, hey, you know, I also do have all these signs and I also do face some of these struggles, I think we become more real and more human to our youth. And that's when they see for themselves what it means to be okay to talk about their challenges, what it means to be okay to do not have to be so strong all the time. And they know that it's okay not to be okay. Right. So actually to discuss it rather than sometimes to take it out on them would yes. be better. Yes. Just, <laughs> just admit that, you know, we are not superheroes all the time and we cannot be superhuman all the time. So if you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to the Health Chat Podcast for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Ms. Andrea Chan, the Assistant Director of Touch Mental Wellness. You know, you talk about what parents can do, but what are some of the mistakes that parents make apart from, you know, ignoring it, but and maybe screaming at the kids? I mean, do you, have you come across cases where, you know, you can share some examples with us? But I come across quite a few cases where a mum told a child that I'm going to bring you for a plastic surgery because, you know, you don't look as, yeah, because you don't look as good as someone else, oh right? And, and the child was very young, um, but the child grew up thinking that I will not be loved unless I'm good looking, right? right. So some statements like that, or sitting down there with um, your friends and you just say, you know, oh, yeah, my, my child did so-and-so in school or my child did so-and-so in that, and they start seeing that comparison um, then they start feeling that stress. Yeah, so in, in parenting, I think it's so easy for us um, or it's so natural for us to you know, share my friends some of these things that I, I struggle as a parent. But if it's in the hearing distance of our children, they interpret it a little differently. Right? They don't see it as your struggle. They see it as their failings. Well, that's interesting. I think in Singapore, it's quite common right, for parents to actually compare grades and actually yeah. even tell the, the child, you know, like you're not doing as well as, uh, I don't know, this neighbor's kid or something, somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, it's very common as parents for us to say, uh, you need to do better, you need to do better, you need to do better. Um, so it subconsciously gives our children the idea that they're not good enough. Let me give you an example. Let's say grades, right? Which is the simplest example. If they come back with 75 upon 100 and we say that, hey, you know, why didn't you get 80 or you're just a little short of an A or 
or, or something like that, it gives them an idea that they are not good enough. We are not celebrating our children enough. And that's very common with the Asian culture, right? We want to push them to the highest potential. and It's, it's too common, I must say. Yeah, so we send that message to the child that I'm not good enough or I cannot be weak. Um, it's that constant message that we send to children and it's not healthy for them. Um, we do not promote mental well-being, right? We don't. We need to boast about our children a little more. We need to tell our children that we love you despite you scoring that B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, would you think? I mean, would you say there's like too much emphasis on grades in Singapore? You know, Joyce. You know what is very scary is that we have moved beyond grades. We now want our children to be all round the holistic education. They have to be good in sports. They have to be good in grades. They have to be good in presentation skills. They have to be good in everything. Right. <laughs> so it's very no, no longer about just grades. Yeah, just talking about it makes me stressed and I'm glad I'm older than them. I never oh had to go God. through that. <laughs> So I think that that means that there has to, you know, we have to talk more about all these things. Yes. I I think we need to tell our children what is important. I think we have focused on the frivolous things for far too long. We need to focus on the resilience of our children, right? And by constantly telling them subtly that they are not good enough, it's not helping them with their resilience. Right. Interesting on the topic of resilience. I mean, what tips would you give? to parents, you know, in promoting resilience in their children or even in young adults, actually? Yeah, number one thing we need to teach our children, delayed gratification. I think we don't do enough of that, right? It's always um, news are at a stage of pleasure-seeking, right? which is why the, the mobile phone, the games, um, the videos, TikTok, all of these things are so popular because it's very um, pleasurable, right? And they get it at an instant, one of the number one things that we need to teach our children is delayed gratification. If you want something, you don't get it now. You've got to wait for the appropriate time. That's one. The other thing is they've got to work for what they want. I think um, parents, in the midst of our busyness, we, we do better off and we want to give better things to our children as compared to what our parents give us. So we give to our children very freely as an expression of love. But sometimes, withholding certain things from our children, it's not withholding love. It's teaching them and instilling in them perseverance to work for what you want. The problem of the modern world now. Yes, yes. And I think it, I think it shows in parenting, even at a very young age, right? We talk about a three-year-old child who refuses to eat. In the past, um, yeah, in the past, we just have to force feed you for some, you know, force feed the child. Um, mm. But now, to make things easier for me, I just let you watch the iPad while I feed you. Right, or, or make them another meal or something. Yes, yes. So we, we are constantly giving in to the child. But I think as parents, we need to draw certain boundaries um, based on what values we want to teach our children. So what are some of the things that parents should take note of, you know, when supporting a, a kid or, you know, just... For, to make sure that your child has a good mental health? I'm very big on coping strategies, right? We help our children to explore all kinds of coping strategies. And it sounds really complicated, but it boils down to this. What does your children like to do? And we are talking about a healthy mix of coping strategies. Okay, so the last thing I want is an addiction on a certain habit. Um, but 
what does our child likes to do and how can we have them do it in moderation and having a wide hybrid of these activities they can do. For example, there are some girls that come to me and they love to bake. So one of their coping strategies is baking. And then some of them like to do TikTok videos um, talking about various issues. That is also one coping strategy. But again, we want to talk about using these coping strategies in moderation. Okay? Yeah. So that's something that we could encourage our children to explore interests beyond what we confine them to. So is that, I mean, that is something, even when they're stressed, they have something to go to, to do. Mm. Yeah. They have something to work through, uh, to, to express some of these frustrations. Right. To diffuse, I would say, diffuse some of these frustrations. Something to diffuse some of these frustrations that they face. Right. Earlier we were talking about, you know, like, just generally about parents, some parents taking out on their children when they feel stressed. I mean, are there some things that, you know, parents shouldn't say that might actually make, uh, that might worsen the child's mental health? Yeah. Some things you shouldn't say. Um, why are you so stupid? Mm-hmm. Why are you like that? So when we say, why are you like that? It's almost like telling your child that I cannot accept you for who you are. So that that is very detrimental to a child. Generally, comparison is not healthy uh, mm. for the child. So when we talk about comparison, we talk about comparison with anyone, even yourself as a parent. You don't tell your child that, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I don't do this, right? So if that, even that comparison, it's not right. So that's one thing we don't do. Comparison, it's out. The other thing, criticizing the child rather than criticizing the behaviors. So when mm. I discipline my child or when I um, scold my child or when I correct my child, I correct behaviours. I don't correct the child for who he is. So there is a difference. Yeah, that's interesting actually. I just heard something like that recently and the person suggested saying, telling your child you're a wonderful child, but what you did was stupid. And there's a big difference, you know, like from telling the child you're stupid. Yeah, so... um. So, for example, when your child gets into a fight, right, with a classmate, and you, and when you discipline your child, and you talk to your child, you could tell them that you are a kind child, but what you have just did was very unkind. Why do you think it was unkind? So you ask questions like that, and the child say, "Oh, because you know, um, yeah." And eventually, hopefully, you lead the child to the answer where it says, "When I beat someone else up, that person hurt." Right. So I'm causing harm. So that's unkind. Um, so eventually leading a child to see that angle that we want to get at. Yeah. Right. That behaviors um, that are acceptable, that are not acceptable. Well, that's interesting. Teaching, uh, turning it also into like a teachable moment. Wonderful, Joyce. I was just about to say that, you know, parents need to be on alert for all sorts of teachable moments. And in our frustration, in the child's frustration, when the child throws a tantrum, these are all teachable moments. But what do we want to teach? What are some values that I want to inculcate in my child? It's something that the parent need to have decided long before all these things happen. Because when you decide when these things happen, it's, it's too late. right? Mm-hmm. You'll be at a loss. But you decide before that, when this thing happens, you will know what is the value you want to teach and inculcate in your child. Right. That's interesting. Parents have to do their homework rather than wait till the last minute, right? Yes. 
because yeah. easier said than done. But I think we all have to start working hard, harder as parents. Yes, definitely. It's it's not easy. So as parents, we got to take care of our mental well-being. We've got to we got to practice self-care. One is for yourself. The other one is for your children who are watching you. If you are able to take care of yourself, if you are able to practice self-care, they will learn that it's okay to practice self-care as well. Thanks for your insights, Andrea. That was great. Thank you for having me, Joyce. We have come to the end of a two-part series on youth mental health. In the earlier episode, I spoke to Andrea about the recent River Valley High School murder case, the signs and symptoms of mental distress to watch out for, and what people can do to help youth cope better with their mental health challenges. You've been listening to the Health Check Podcast by The Streets Times. Thanks for listening. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.